As we mentioned earlier, on the 19th of January, 2019, the word of the Lord came to us. In a Maasai tribal church in Kilgoris, Transmara, Kenya, Africa, saying, Seal my people by my word. As angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. We've taken this very seriously, and we are doing now podcast, streaming, and broadcasting as much as we can with this word, and especially with the coronavirus going out there. Uh, the international flights being canceled. Uh, we're pretty well grounded here at our home base. We're talking about the work of the ministry, the work of the ministry that the Lord has called each of us to do. Every member in particular has different ministrations, but the same spirit. Different ministrations have different ministries. Somebody said, well, I'm not called. Yes, you are. You're called as a member in particular in the body of Christ that only you can do. No one else can do your part in your ministry as you are a member in particular in that part for that body of Christ. And therefore, Paul talks about this unity of the faith coming into one. And we're going to see why there are so many different denominations in the world and why the Lord is not pleased with that. Why there will be a work in the last days of judgment. All God's ways are judgment. And why will he work that? Why will he do this strange work, bring to pass his work, a strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act? This overflowing scourge will surprise the hypocrite. Then that day there will be a consumption decreed upon the whole earth. Not to destroy mankind, but the consumption decree will overflow in righteousness. For all shall know him from the least to the greatest. Everyone will have the knowledge of the Lord. For the glory, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the water cover the seas. Now this last day work of God, the work of the ministry. What are we called for? That high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, as he was headed to Jerusalem. They had walked with him for three and a half years. He said, I have many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak of me for all that the Father's given, given unto me. Therefore, I said, he would speak of me and show you things which will come to pass. Those things are the things of faith. It is a substance. It is the Holy Seed and that will be counted for the generation. Those that receive the word of God in the last days as the true sayings of God to each church. To Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, to Sardis, Laodicea, Philadelphia and Laodicea, to all the seven churches. Each time Jesus said, I say these things unto you. Thus, these things saith the Amen. These things saith the Son of God. These things are the things of faith. This is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, but not a Pentecostal faith. But the final seasons of God, that final season tabernacles of the last three feasts of the Lord, Feast of Tabernacles, Day of Atonement, and uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, that Feast of Trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus in the season of Tabernacles is where we're at now. That Rosh Hashanah, that Feast of Trumpets, is the ministry voice of Jesus. That will 
prevail in the land for a time. Time is the dividing of a time. Three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days. In the order of the tribes, what will befall thy people in the last days? God said, I've sealed up my treasures. Is this not sealed up among my treasures to be revealed in the last days, saith God? Are all God's ways are judgment, for the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil when he sees their powers gone and there's none shut up or left. If judgment begins at the house of God and the righteous scarcely be saved, where should the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear? Now, God will have four sword judgments in the last days. Famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast. The famine we're seeing even today, that a third of the population, they tell us, goes to bed hungry. Then, famine, pestilence, sword, wars, rumors of war, and noisome beast. These four sword judgments upon the earth. And we have coronavirus now, COVID-19. We have the, the AIDS epidemic going. All of these, and it's going to increase and crescendo and get more and more the closer we come to the coming of the Lord. In the work of the ministry, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. So we as believers must be striving unto perfection. Paul said himself that wrote 14 books of the New Testament out of 27 books, Paul being the author of 14 of them said, I am not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. But I'm reaching forth to those things which are before, forgetting those things which are behind, trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That mark is a tav. It's not an alaf. It's not a beth. In other words, it's not an A, B, or C. It's all the way to Z. So him that overcometh in the end, the same will be saved. That striving for that mark. Paul said, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. The present state of the church that most are waiting for a pre-tribulation rapture, not realizing there is a work, a work of the ministry that's still ahead before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes a second time without sin unto salvation. So he gave some apostles. He gave some prophets. He gave some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. We're focusing on that work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, for that edifying of the body of Christ of which each, each individual member in that body is compacted together, fitly framed together and compacted together through the effectual work of the Holy Ghost in each member, every joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. Therefore, the body has to come together bone to bone and then from the prophecy of the word, prophesying, publishing, the proclamation of that word will literally bring the body forward that where it will break down denominational walls. It'll break down uh, the doctrines of dogmas and uh, 
the seducing spirits in the last days that it will come forth as pure gold. And the Lord is doing that work now in preparation for the work of the ministry until the unity of the faith, whether they all speak the same things, believing the same things, and to the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God is not knowing Jesus just after the Spirit and not after the flesh, simply having Christ in us, the hope of glory, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. But it is epigenosko, epi being a higher glory, coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Though that he, those that he predestinated, them he called, them that he called justified, and them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of his Son, to the image of Jesus Christ. So therefore, the body of Christ has to come unto perfection. For the Lord is coming back for a glorious church without spot or blemish. That is the bride that has made herself ready. Literally being presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. A perfect, spotless, blameless church. That are chaste virgins following the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. This will require the word. The Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. In Revelation 4 and 5, in the previous podcast, we mentioned that these Zoe, these living creatures, they came out of the fire. That fire that burned a Zambra. In Ezekiel 1, they came out of this fire that was enfolding itself. That Holy Ghost fire. The baptism of the Holy Ghost and that with fire. The color of amber, the hottest fire there is. It will thoroughly purge out all dross, all sin, and all works of the flesh. And the devil literally burning up all the works there that Satan hath nothing in the body of Christ. That fire of the Holy Ghost. We're finding that in the seraphim, which means a burning hot one, a seraph. The seraphim have six wings, with two that cover their eyes, two that cover their feet, and two they did fly. In other words, covering their eyes, not of their own glory, feet, not of anything they do as works of themselves, and two they did fly. That's a proclamation of the gospel unto all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. These seraphim have will take from the tongues off of the altar, that altar of burnt offering, these coals of fire, and Isaiah, the ones that are in salvation with God, the body of Christ. Isaiah literally means God as my salvation. Jehovah is my salvation. Isaiah, Yah is my salvation. And Isaiah, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, the train filled the temple. It was in the year that King Uzziah died that Isaiah saw the Lord. And during that time, the seraphim with six wings, that six wings, the six is above five. It's above the hand of the apostle of the pastor and teacher. It is above the extremity. It speaks of the hem of the garment, the pinnacle of the temple, the very edge and extremity. It is charity in its fullest. 
charity abounding one toward another. And that charity has to be attained, which is the highest level even above faith. There abideth faith, hope, and charity. The greatest of these is charity. Now, you have to add to your faith. Sure, we have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. By faith, we understand. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is the substance of the Holy Seed, the Word of God. And that faith, we have to add to it virtue. Literally be a virtuous woman to the Lord Jesus Christ. Keeping ourselves pure for the Lord Jesus in obedience to his commandments. So we add to our faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge. Not knowledge of the world, but the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Then knowledge, temperance. He that striveth for the mastery is temperance. Self-controlled in all things. Then add to temperance, patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That if you've done the will of God... You have need of patience that you will receive the full reward. You will reap if you faint not. Then you add to your patience godliness. Godliness is the God life. Now that God life, it's very important to understand that God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is the mystery. It's a mystery of godliness. And many people attribute that only to God, but not a working of God in and through the body. Many will quote 1 Timothy 3.16, not understanding that is for us, the body of Christ. Without controversy, great is a mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. God was seen of angels. God was uh, preached unto the Gentiles. God was received and preached on and believed in the world. God was received up into glory. That is the mystery of godliness. God was. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we pray, you in Christ said, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Now, we pray, you in Christ said, but you reconciled to God and given to us, the body of Christ, the word of reconciliation. We are ambassadors for Christ now. We are lively stones where is a built up a spiritual house whereby we offer praises unto God. That godliness, that after you've added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, then it's godliness. That's the God life. And now we come to a stage there, a stage of glory. In 1 John 4, it says uh, in his epistle, Hereby try ye the spirits to see whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are entered into the world. Many strange doctrines. Doctrines of devils. Seducing spirits. Literally pulling away those from the truth. Standing against the truth. Because there's many false prophets. It said this is how you try the spirits. It tries the spirits by he that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God is come, not has come. The mystery of godliness, that son of man has already been sealed. Tragezo, a Greek word that means him hath God the Father sealed, approved, set and authorized as his own. This is my beloved son. We have believed in the name of the son of God. Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. 
We believe in the identity of the Son of God. He is Jehovah Lord God Almighty, manifest in flesh. He was manifest. God himself was manifest in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Not God Jr. with us. Not Jehovah Jr. with us. But with that greatest that mystery of godliness. That mystery of godliness is Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Not has come. Many of the translations in the, in the translating of the word of God have jumped track and said Jesus Christ has come in the flesh saying that the work of the ministry is over. But it's Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, a present imperfect tense, and the is come. In the present imperfect tense, it means that it has not been perfected yet, and it is presently being done. That is, Jesus Christ is come, and is still coming in the flesh. Anyone that confesses that's of God. That is godliness. That's the God life. That is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if the spirit dwelleth in you, that also dwelled in Christ Jesus, it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. It will give you the God life, which is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You are now the light of the world. You're a city set up on a hill that cannot be hid. That's godliness, but you can't stop there. Add to godliness brotherly kindness, preferring your brother above yourself, seeking not your own, but that which is another, condescending to men of low estate. Then the brotherly kindness, charity. Now, charity is not love. It's love for God based in doing his will. It's the love of God based in doing his word. So, charity is not just love. God is love. That's who he is in his attribute. He is love. But because we love God, we call by charity, obey the commandments of God. He that loveth God keepeth his commandments. By doing the will of God is charity. That's the reason why charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Charity is a final state in perfection. And the seraphim is where charity abounds. It's an extremity. Those that touched the hem of Jesus' garment were healed. All of those that touched the hem of his garment were healed. And he heard, he had virtue come out of him. Because of faith, it touched God. It moved God. That is charity. That moves God. It's the God life. There, by doing so, becomes a living epistle. And those living epistles are to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. That charity is greater than faith and hope. The greatest of these is charity. Not love, but the love for God based in his word, doing his will. So if we go from babies, as a newborn babes, they, they do desire the sincere milk of the word. They may grow thereby. But those that are babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. That is now that ministry of reconciliation. Then we go from a baby to little children. Now the little children, the Holy Ghost is leading and guiding in all of this. 
But it's through the word that after you have received the word of God, you were sealed by that Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption, as long as you obey the truth. And the last day truth is to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardius, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. These are the true sayings of God. Jesus, that's the reason on each time when he addresses each church, he says, uh, these things, these things saith the amen. These things saith the son of God. These things saith he that was dead and is alive forevermore. These sayings, these sayings are the true sayings of God, but it's the final seven thunders that utter their voices. It's the final consummation of the truth. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto John and sent and signified it, sealed it by his angel unto John. Now, Son of man is the kingdom office. And that's the reason why it says, John tells us that that son of man, him, hath God the Father sealed. He's sealed. He is the perfect, authorized, uh, owned God manifest in the flesh. God has put his seal on him, his authority on him. His approval on him. He is the Son of God that God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who made himself of no reputation, being in the form of spirit, always has been God, always will be God. Before Abraham was, Jesus said, I am. In the form of God, being that spirit, thought it not robber to be equal with God, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, prudence, power, all, love. God and each one of his attributes are equal. The attributes of God stand alone as an individual, an individual attribute of God standing on its own. And many, many glories and attributes of God. That's the reason he said in Proverbs 8, I wisdom. I wisdom daily was his delight. Using a, a personal pronoun, singular personal pronoun, I wisdom. I dwell with prudence. Well, prudence is another attribute of God. With me is understanding. Me is a singular personal pronoun. And it's attributed to wisdom. With all you're getting, get wisdom. Well, that is one attribute of God. All these attributes through the Jesus being in the form of God, that spirit. Made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2.6. At that point, he laid aside his glory. Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man, God had to have a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to himself. How? Because God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God was in Christ. Now, God is Christ. Christ now, the man, has gone to his former glory. Christ who has suffered, died, then rose again and entered into his glory. And then sends the promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost, which saith he, you've heard of me, the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of the Father is one and the self-same Spirit. And uh, that is the reason why in Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son. 
That's a capital S and two R's whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Because the Spirit of the Son is the Spirit. It is Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is the wonderful counsel of the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Isaiah 9, 6. Now with that said, there's only one Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 4, the greatest, the Shema, the greatest commandment of all, Mark 12, 29, is when the scribe asked Jesus, what's the first commandment? What's the dominant commandment? Jesus said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now, that one Lord is God manifest in the flesh. We think that now we're just supposed to sit around and wait and Jesus is going to split the eastern sky and we're going to go away in a rapture. Until then, we have a little fellowship at a church. We fast twice a week and give tithes of that we possess. And that's all there is. And we're waiting for Jesus to come. Well, we do believe in that second appearing of Jesus that he will come the second time without sin and salvation. And uh, uh, that, that all those that love his appearing will receive a crown, Paul said. But before that, before that second advent of Jesus Christ, before that great day and terrible day of the Lord come, he said, remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah. Now, Elijah, the whole ministry of Elijah is uh, the restitution or restoration of things to restore. That's the reason why the Pesach. At the Passover dinner, the Jews still set a place for Elijah, thinking that he will come. We now understand therein as Christians. And Matthew 17, the disciples of John the Baptist said, Why do the disciples, why do the disciples, the disciples of Jesus came and said, Why do the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come? Jesus stated right then in Matthew 17, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. That is the restitution or restoration of all things. The things are the things of faith. The Holy Ghost is God. His job, which is to do and is that spirit of truth, will lead us, the body of Christ, into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. Therefore, it said the Holy Ghost is given to lead you and guide you into all truth. And it says over there, you in John 2, uh, 1 John 2, 20, you have an unction from the Holy One. And you have no need that any man teach you. Now, God gave a fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Yes. But it's through the Holy Ghost that you have the understanding of the Word. There, you have an unction from the Holy One. And you have no need that any man teach you. For... He's given you, you know all things. You know all truth and no lies of the truth. And it says, who is a liar but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is God. He is that spirit. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He that denied that Jesus is the Christ is a liar. And the truth's not any. He that believeth that Jesus is the Christ that doctrine of Christ, that he is that spirit, is born of God. You find that in 1 John 5, 20. 1 John 5, verse 1. It says there, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. This takes revelation. 
No man knoweth the Son, who the Son is, but the Father. No man knoweth the Father, but the Son, and to whom he will reveal him. So in the revelation of Jesus Christ, God will reveal the true identity of the Father, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the Father of glory. There you know all truth. Why? Because you have the spirit of truth in you. Now, we haven't had the experience yet. We may not know all the truth with our intellectual understanding, but we have to know it in the spirit. That's the reason why he said you know all truth. Because you have the Holy Ghost, who is a liar, but he's the night that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Antichrist that has the night, both the Father and the Son. Now, that takes the revelation of the Father and the Son, who is but one. That Jesus is that Spirit. He is that Father. He is the Son, which is the Father revealed. He is the express image of the invisible God. You want to see the Father, Jesus said, have I been so long time with you and yet has not known know me, Philip, either see me or seen the Father. Believe me that I'm in my Father, my Father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. The words that I speak are not mine. Well, why do you believe him for the work's sake? Because God confirms his word with signs following. How did he do it? Jesus healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongue, the lame walked, the captive went free. And Jesus said, blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. So the work of the ministry will be to bring the true gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. What is that truth? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why Jesus said to each of the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, that these, the, these things saith, these things, things is faith. Faith is the substance of these things. And he said, these things saith the amen. These things saith the Son of God after each church that he mentioned. We have to, blessed and holy, is he that keepeth the sayings of this book. Any other person that adds to the words of the book of this prophecy, the plagues of this book will be added to him. To anyone, any man that takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, his name shall be taken out of the holy city and blotted out of the book of life. So don't believe once saved, always saved. It's once saved, always saved if you follow on to know the Lord, if you obey under righteousness. Romans 6, obedience is required. Don't let anyone tell you that obedience unto the leading of the Holy Ghost is not required. Because very simply, it says in Romans 6, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him, the servants to whom you obey. I have the Holy Ghost, yes, but I must obey it, because even though I do, it says in Romans 6, if, if whoever I yield my members as servants to obey him, and the servants to whom I obey, even though I have the Holy Ghost, if I don't obey it, under sin, under death, or of obedience unto righteousness, and then unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So it requires obedience. 
So therefore, when we first come into God, and we must go on through the word, that's the reason the Holy Ghost said, seal, telling us, seal my people by my word, not of us, not of any of our righteousness or any of our holiness, holiness. Not some doctrine of dogma that we have in some organization or denomination. God's going to break down every denominational wall and bring his body into one. Now, that may make a lot of presbyters and different overseers and bishops and whatever mad. But that's the truth. God will not share his glory with any of these denominations because he will draw them out unto himself. He will turn. This won't be as it was in Pentecost with just uh, cloven tongues of fire appeared and set on each one of them. But he will turn each member of the body of Christ into fire. Seraph, a cherubim burning with fire. And the Holy One over you for a flame. Greater glory than Pentecost. There Jesus said, these are the true sayings of God. Worship God. Then John sees the man. After he said, these are the true sayings of God, Revelation 19, 19. Then he goes, Revelation 19, 20. Uh, uh, there. These, I'm sorry, Revelation 19, 10. Revelation 19, 9, Revelation 19, 10. Jesus says, these are the true sayings of God. Then he's, John sees a man. Revelation 19, 10. He sees a man that he is sure. That it is the Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone knew the Lord, it was definitely John. And John bowed down and was going to worship him. And he said, see thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servant and of thy brethren. He's not an angel. He is taught in your commentaries that he's an angel. He's not an angel. Don't buy that. Don't listen to that. Don't give heed to that. He is of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. He's one of us. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that's a small s. That testimony of Jesus. That testimony there Jesus spoke in John 8. They came to Jesus. The Pharisees said Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. When they saw just Jesus only standing there, and he says, I'm not alone. They're looking around and wondering who, who else is there. Jesus said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. Notice when they said, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. I'm not alone. I and my Father that sent me. Then he goes on and gives us the two witnesses. The two witnesses of Revelation 11. He gives us the the, uh, testimony of Jesus there by saying, which is the spirit of prophecy, by saying, it's written in your law, the testimony This is the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness. Here's one witness of myself. And my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. 
Now, there's two men. They only saw one. They did not understand that Jesus inside in the spirit that he is, the Father of glory, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, was the other man as Jesus is that same spirit, even though he'd made himself of no reputation. Yet he had never put off that spirit, cease and desist from being the Father of glory. He is that spirit. I and my Father are one. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him, and that's even in the days of his flesh. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father. Jesus there tells us who the two witnesses are. He tells us what the testimony is, the testimony of Jesus. It is that spirit of prophecy. What is that spirit of prophecy? It entails two things. Jesus Christ, the spirit of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Two, literally is come in the flesh. Is come as a present and perfect tense means, means that Jesus is still coming in the flesh. And for you to live is Christ if you have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. If you have literally forsook all, he, except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he can't be my disciple, disciplined in the things of Jesus. You, those that have followed the Lord in obedience, will be sealed with that sealing of God, having the seal of the living God, in, not on, but in their forehead. Not in their right hand either, just in the forehead. Why? Because it's the mind of Christ. The devil, the old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, the devil, the dragon, that will take a mark that no man can bind or sell, saving he that had the mark. And that mark is a 600, three score, and six. Key, 600, Z, written as a snake, 60, and six, stigma, key, Z, stigma. That mark is key, Christ. Z is not, denies that Christ, denies that Christ, stigma. Stigma is flesh, the number of man, that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. They deny that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. They deny that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is the Father of glory. He is that Spirit. We find that in Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the what? The Spirit, capital S, of His Son. And there's only one Spirit. We find that in Ephesians 4. One body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's the Father of all, above all, and in us all. That is one. Not one in union. He did not say in John 10, 30, I and my Father are one in union, whom, a Greek word, H-U-N, yun, he said, heis, H-E-I-S, my, my, me and my father, I and my father are one. One in the self-same spirit. Now, to understand godliness, 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. 
Now, how did we get into godliness? Well, you added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Now, godliness is the God life because God was manifest in the flesh and him, the son of man, him hath God, the father sealed. He has already, the forerunner has entered in and now given us of his spirit and it's still coming in the flesh, the body of Christ. It is the body of the Christ, of which the whole body in heaven and earth is named, that name, Jesus. For the higher going from glory to glory, we have to understand the face, the face of the cherubim. The face of the cherubim that we're going to see are the living creatures, are the zoe that come out of the fire, a fire enfolding itself in Ezekiel 1. They have the appearance of a man. We find in Zechariah 3 that Joshua is before the throne of God, before the Lord, and Satan comes there to resist him. And the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. We don't do it. The Lord does it. And it said there that, Joshua, you are a brand. You are a seal. You see, when well, you're sealed, you're not only receiving the sealing, God is using you as a seal, as a living testament, as a, as a living testimony, as a living epistle. You're not only the one being sealed, but you are God using is the seal. It's the seal of the Holy Ghost that you are approved of God and take his name and seal in approval. An authority that you are, are not your own, you're bought with a price. And it said, the Son of Man, him hath God the Father sealed, is secreted, hath literally set his mark upon him as the true manifested God. God manifest. Now, if God manifest, God was manifest in the flesh. Not manifested, manifest. That's a manifesto. If, if we want to see a manifest, I would go to, let's say, a ship. And the ship, I'd go to the captain of the ship, and I said, I want to see your manifest. The manifest will tell me everything in that ship and cargo. Everything that's carried. Everything that's going to be delivered. I want to see the manifest. Well, I want to see the manifest of God. Well, the manifest of God and everything that he is, everything that God is, was, or ever will be, was manifest, all the fullness of it, was manifest in Christ Jesus bodily, one body. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preaching to the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. He's received up into glory. But that's the mystery, the mystery of godliness, of which we, in Second Peter 1, we add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. We have to add that, that God life to us. And it's only through the word and the sealing, because he has been sealed, that he has, the forerunner has entered in, in all seasons, from Passover to Tabernacles, from Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus paid it all.
But now, we, the body of the Christ, are to manifest God in us. That's a, that is the living epistle. Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. All life would be manifest in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In him was all life. And the life was the light of men. This is true light, the light of every man that come into the world. So godliness, that requires sealing. A person says, well, I'm just born again. Well, you don't throw them behind a pulpit immediately and say, okay, now preach the word of God. Why? Not a novice, lest by being lifted up in pride, he falls into condemnation of the devil. Why? Because he didn't have his senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. He'll be knocked over in a short period of time because of pride. Proud goes and proud look for the fall and, and haughtiness before destruction. He has to grow. The individual has to grow. So from a baby, it goes to a little children. Little, then we find that John says in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Because you're born of the water and the spirit. How did that happen? You obeyed. You obeyed that truth. You obeyed that word. And that word was given on the day of Pentecost by Peter who had the keys of the kingdom and said, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter standing up along with the other 11, Matthew standing there with him, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That is born of the water. Not because your sins were remitted, but for the remission of your sins. That is the circumcision of the heart in the spirit, only done by baptism. That's Romans 2, 28 and 29. That's Romans 6, 1 through 4. That's Colossians 2, 10 through 12. There is no other way. Baptism. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. For the promise of you, your children, means to far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, that is little children. One more criteria. And you've known the Father. First John 2, 12-14 says, and you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. You know that. You've had that revelation that Jesus is the Father of glory. Well, you're still little children. You're not full grown. You're not even young men. You're little children. You're still there little children, and the children of the kingdom will be cast out. He expects us to grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, Jesus coming back for a glorious church, literally presenting to himself a perfect mirror image. Therefore, we at this stage have little children must go on to young men. This is godliness, the God life. To do that, the Word of God has to be strong in us. We have to be not conformed to this world. We've got to be renewed. The mind has to be renewed. The mind to have the mind of Christ. And he said, now, John speaking again in his epistle, said, I write unto you, young men, because the Word of God is strong in you. How did it get there? 
And it wasn't just one day and all of a sudden you're walking down the road and boom, the word of God just hits you and all of a sudden you know in your spirit all things of God. No, you had to seek God. Ask and it be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it'll be opened unto you. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. That is, keep on being filled with the Spirit. Go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. It is progressive. Therefore, coming to young men, these are overcomers. He said, I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. And I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you. You've sought the Lord. You've asked. Yes, you've sought him diligently. And you've knocked in that door and you've had stuff with him and he with you. How do you do that? Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. It's got to be a transformation by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Prove what? What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is? Not only do you have to prove that will of God, you have to do it. Prove means you do it. You're not a hearer of the word, you're a doer of the word. This man will be blessed in all of his deeds. But don't let a double-minded man who's unstable in all of his ways think that he'll receive anything of God. For he's unstable in all his ways. So therefore, godliness. We're talking about cherubim, living creatures. The living creatures that Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel 1. They come out of the fire, burning fire. A fire enfolding itself. And it was a, a color of amber. It was the hottest fire there is. And they had the appearance of a man. That man is none other than Jesus Christ. He's been through the fire. Jesus ahead, we the body of the Christ. God expects us, it's our reasonable service, to be conformed to his image. That we will be transformed. Transform what? Into his likeness. Into his image. The image of the Son of God. That face is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. What treasure? The treasure that he has sealed. Is this not sealed among my treasures? Deuteronomy 32. We'll see what the ultimate the ultimate revelation of Jesus is. It's sealed among God's treasures. They're revealed, and the seals are now, or the book is open to those that have an ear to hear. Seal not the sayings of this book now, because the time is now. The night is far spent, the days at hand. Jesus said, The time is coming, and now is. When those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. The voice is not just knowing the letter of the word, but the spirit of prophecy, the small s, is where you have become one with the word in obedience and doing his will. Those are young men. 1 John 2, 12-14. And Jesus said he was going to lead us and guide us into all the truth. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you will be my witnesses. 
both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. This word now, the washing of the word, the washing of the water of the word, cleanses us. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. That's blood flow. Joint supplies to the, the supply of the spirit to the edifying of itself in love. But the true body has to come together, not organization. Paul said there be divisions among you. And there be heresies. And he said, I partly believe it. So those which are approved among you, those that are the leaders among you, are approved that they are made manifest among you. Not, not approved of God. These heresies, those that, uh, that, that uh, are approved among you, may be made manifest. Approved among you? Yeah, approved, approved among the church members. Yeah, they want you to say what you want to say. Pastor, you preach what they want you to preach as a puppet on a string. Because if you don't, you're going to get called on the carpet and you're going to lose your pastorate. So therefore, he's, Paul said there's divisions there. There's heresies, denominations. Why? A heresy is a denomination, just like you have a various denomination of money, ones, fives, tens, twenties, and hundreds. Those are different denominations. But God's called us to be one, totally one. One in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ as a body fitly framed together in the unity of the faith speaking the same things. Not wheels jostling against one against another. But in perfect mind and one accord. That's the Levi. Levi means joined or attached. That's the priesthood. Therefore, he expects us, through the word of God, to be sealed. Seal my people by my word. Not of anything of our word, or our holiness, or our righteousness, but through the word of God. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. These young men now have done the will of God. They have done the will of God, therefore, and they have that overcomer. You have overcome the wicked one. That's the reason you see in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3, he that overcometh will I grant, will I grant to eat the hidden manna. You will eat the hidden manna. You've gone within the veil. You're not eating of the shoe bread out on the table, the ministry, but that candlestick is gone they have within the veil. And there's two candlesticks in there. There are two olive trees in there. The two olive trees are the two cherubim of glory, which Paul said is overshadowing the mercy seat, of which now we can't speak particularly. We cannot. Paul said, I cannot now speak particularly about the cherubim shadowing the mercy seat. Hebrews 9, 5. Those are the ones that have been transformed by the renewing of their mind. Transformed into what? Into a measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and overcoming the devil, the world, and their own flesh. He that is uh, Christ has crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. These are the young men, they're overcomers. And they're in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus states there, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. They are little children. They are born again. 
but they did not make the next sealing. They did not make that of young men. They did not make that sealing of an overcomer and overcoming the wicked one. And Jesus said in Matthew 7, not all the same to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Well, why not? No man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. They knew that he is the Father. They are little little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. They know he's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory. They say, Lord, we've prophesied in your name. We've done many wonderful works in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. Well, that's certainly a lot more than a lot of people have seen today. You go to church, you don't see any devils cast out anymore. Once in a great while. They prophesied in name. You might hear some prophecy. And most of the time, despise not prophecy, prove all things. That there's a lot of prophets prophesying all over the place, but yet no word to back it up. <laughs> God confirms his word with signs following. Signs, uh, divers, wonders, and miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. God confirming his word with signs following. But this will be the greatest move of God that is just ahead. Somebody said, well, it's the latter rain. We've been preached the latter rain for years. And it's true. Zechariah 10 says, ask you of your rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask you of the Lord the rain in the time of the latter rain. So will the Lord make bright clouds to send forth showers to every one grass in the field. Yes, there is a latter rain. But what is this work of the ministry? What is this latter rain? What does it mean? What what is it to press toward the mark to obtain that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? And as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Why do we have to be that minded? I thought we'd just sit around in church, give tithes, maybe fast every once in a while and wait for Jesus to split the eastern sky, wait for the rapture. Not knowing that God has a work for us to do. Every individual member in particular has a work to do in the body of Christ so that the eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. For God has put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts that there would be no chism or division in the body. There, the Lord right now in these days, coming there to young men in Matthew 7, very, very important to see that Jesus said, not all the saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. They were shocked. Well, of course they should be able to enter in. They know he's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. They've been born again. Their sins are remitted for his name's sake. 1 John 2, 12 through 14. But they did not make it to young men. They didn't do the will of God. They didn't get that word of God in them that they may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for them is. They didn't obey unto righteousness. And because of that, they said, Lord, we've cast out devils, done many wonderful works in your name, have prophesied in your name. The Lord didn't say, no, you didn't. And he went on and said, I never knew you. With Jesus, it's all or nothing. I never knew you. We must walk in the light as he's in the light. We must be in the present proceeding word of God in that season that we are walking walking in and working in and through the Holy Ghost. Jesus at that point said, depart from me, you that work iniquity. 
iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God in obedience to that Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Why? For I never knew you, for you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, then there enter thou into the joy of the Lord. May thou rule over five cities, may thou rule over ten cities. But that's to the overcomer. He that overcometh to the end, the same shall be saved. That's Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 10, Luke 21. You have to overcome to the end. That requires obedience. So now we have that fervency. We have the living creatures. Now we're going to Revelation 4 now. We're talking about what this work of the ministry is. I want you to see in Revelation 4 that he says that there in each of these churches there is a word coming to the churches. What is the present truth? Let's take a look at at, uh, Revelation 2. He starts with the church at Ephesus. Notice in Revelation 2 verse 1 and to the angel of the church of Ephesus. The angel is an angelos. Now over every city, over every town, there has an, an, uh, an angelic ghost over him, an angel over those, those cities. There's rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a battle going on in the heavenlies. And uh, we pray through that to the Lord uh, by simply by faith, believing and going on to the measure growing up into him in all things, the things of faith. So we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Notice that Jesus said, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. These things are the things of faith. That is a higher level of glory that goes from faith to faith. And now this faith is in the revelation of Jesus. Let's go to the second church, Smyrna. That's verse 8, Revelation 2, 8. And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things saith, that's a proceeding word, These things saith, the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. That's a proceeding word. And notice that every one of them has an overcomer. To the Ephesus, he said, To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. If, how did you get there? That after you've heard the word of God, you are sealed. It takes obedience to every individual promise and the sayings of God. These sayings are the two true sayings of God. And that's the reason the Lord is specifically talking to each church. And the angel is the angelos. It's a mahana'am. A mahana'am is a double count. It's not only the body of Christ, but the angel, the angelic force, the host with them. It's a mahana'am. It's a double count. And at the time of Jacob's trouble, there will always be, just as it was with Jacob, an angelic host there that was with him. Mahana'am is that double count. You'll see that every time that Jesus addresses a church, he's going to say, these things saith. 
That is the voice of him. That is the voice of the Son of God. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. And he says again, every time that you obey these, and it's imperative, essential for salvation. As Hebrews 4, Paul states, take heed lest a promise slip any of you that you should seem to come short of entering into his rest. For as Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. He spoke of another day. He spoke that there's many things I need to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the Comforter, the Holy Ghost has come, that's Jesus himself. He's going to speak of me, all the Father's given, given to me, therefore I speak of me, show you things which will come to pass. This is exactly what John is relating to us, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, John, to show unto his servants, us, and the servants will be sealed of God in their foreheads, assuming they receive what the things of God, these things, which are the things of faith, to each of the seven churches. Why? Seven, because it's a perfection unto the perfect measure of the statue of Jesus. That's the voice of the Son of God. It is progressive. There he says, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. That is to Smyrna. Then he goes on and says to, to Smyrna, you kept that promise. I know your works are tribulation and poverty. Well, somebody said, I've been in tribulation. I've been through a lot of tribulation and poverty. I know I don't have a lot of money in the bank, silver and gold, have a none, but such that I have given a thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They heal the man at the gate called beautiful. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not. They've been in warfare. They've overcome the wicked one. Notice, he says, that you're going to have some of you who's going to be cast into prison for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death, I'll give you a crown of life. says, some of you are going to die. Then he tells you, by keeping these promises, he that hath and hear, let him hear with the spirits, saith unto the churches, he that overcometh. This is the young man. He that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. Notice there the second death. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Thank God and the first fruits. Notice now Pergamon. What does he say? These things saith he. These things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. To show unto his servants things. Well, what is he saying there? To the church at Ephesus, he said, you've got a mechanical worship. You've left your first love. You repent and do those uh, first works over again. Get that zeal back. He's telling the church at Smyrna, you're going to be cast into prison. Ten days, be you faithful unto death. You, you're, you've gone through tribulation. You've, you've gone through that persecution. And you've, you've poverty. You don't have a lot of money. But yet they held on. They're rich in faith. Now he tells the church at Pergamos, these things saith he, there's the sayings of God. That's the faith that now, that is delivered to us. The, the, the faith that was once delivered to the saints. He's given it to us. These things saith he that hath the sharp sword with the two edges. What does he tell them? I know your works. 
that works at a company salvation. Somebody said, we don't have any works. You better have some faith with works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. It works in where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast my name. They hold fast the name of Jesus. Not Jehovah Junior, but Jesus Jehovah. He is my God. He's the Father who is my salvation. They're holding fast to that name. They're not defaming that name. They're not blaspheming that holy name by which they are called. They do not, They have not denied the faith. And so he's going to call them overcomers. And he's going to say, you have a few things. I have a few things against you. Because you ask them that hold the doctor of Balaam. What's that? They think you can sin a little bit and get by. Balaam. Who hold the doctor of Balaam that taught Balak to set a stumbling block before the children of Israel? Why? They eat things, sacrifice, and idols. Why? For money. For gain. We think, well, God's with us, okay, so I can lie, cheat, and steal as long because I'm the pastor. I can, I can do these things. Or I am a laity member. I have the right to do that. That doctrine of the Nicolaitans, to rule over the laity. Nico, to rule over laitans. You hold that doctrine of the Nicolaitans. He's telling you not to do that. Don't rule over the laity. Then he says, if you do that and you repent, to him that overcometh will I grant thee, give to eat of the hidden manna. You will be able to go not on that shoe bread, the priest's manna, but you will be able to go into that, that testimony the testimony of Jesus, the testimony, the ark, and eat that hidden manna that fell from heaven, in whom in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You'll get to know the treasures of God. I'll give you the hidden manna. And we'll give him a white stone. That white stone is the stone which the builders rejected, not the, the foundation stone. You've already been there, but you're coming to the capstone. You're seeing the work of God before, before and after, eyes within and without. Before and after, a white stone. And in that stone, in that name, Jesus, a new name written, that capstone, the headstone. There's a new name. Somebody said, well, that's another name. What the name is? The name is Jesus. Not only in this world, but in that which is to come. No other name, the name of Jesus. But it's a higher revelation of that name. And he says, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. These are the things of faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now he goes to Thyatira. Watch what he says. These things saith the Son of God. These things. There it is. Faith is the substance of things so far. There he's saying these things. These things I have to tell you, disciples, you're not able to bear them now. But now he's through John. He's telling us these things through the Spirit of God. Having the testimony of Jesus, who hath eyes like a flame of fire, feet as fine brass. He said, I know your works. Notice, they've reached charity and service and faith. Thy patience and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because you suffer that woman Jezebel. Oh, we don't like to put Jezebel down. Well, somebody said, well, that's a woman. Well, that woman Jezebel there is fornication. That can be a man as well as a woman, friend. You suffer that woman Jezebel to seduce my servants. What is it? I give her space to repent. She didn't do it. Because if you don't, I'm going to cast you in a bed. A bed of tribulation. There, uh, And she calls herself a prophetess. Anybody that prophesies, let them prophesy. They commit fornication. 
the spirit of the prophet subject unto the prophets. Yet in this day and time, they seek out people, not the word of God, but a word of prophecy. I gave her space to repent. God will always give someone a space to repent. But if they don't, he said, I'm going to cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. That great tribulation is the wrath of God, not the wrath of Satan. That's the wrath of God. Now, Satan coming down, you had great wrath. That's great tribulation. But this great tribulation is the wrath of Almighty God. I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he that searcheth the reins of the heart. Not just the heart, but the motive of the heart. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Oh my goodness. That is, uh, but to him that overcometh, what does he say? And keeping my works unto the end. You've got to keep those works. To him will I give power over the nations. He'll rule them with a, a rod of iron. As a vessel of potter shall they be beaten to shivers. And I'll give him the morning star. Well, every time you have this promise, these exceedingly great and precious promises whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. That is where we're coming more and more like Jesus. Now we go to the next church, Sardis. Sardis, he's going to say, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits. That's a sevenfold spirit upon the rod, the stem of the branch of Jesse. We find that in Isaiah 11. It's a sevenfold of one spirit. And he says there, Thus these things saith he. That is the things of faith that is being revealed in the last days now to those that have an ear to hear. He said, Be watchful and strengthen those things that remain. Those are the things of faith that are ready to die. Well, sometimes we get into a place where we've lost that zeal for God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We've gone through the mechanical things and we need a fresh touch. Strengthen those things. And he said that remain. I have not found thy works perfect before God. Your works perfect? Surely God didn't really mean that. I have not found your works perfect. He's trying the reins of the heart. What's your motive? Why do you do what you're doing? And at Sardis, he said, I haven't found your works perfect. And what I want you to do, remember therefore what you have heard and received and hold fast and repent. Go back to doing the will of God. If therefore you will not watch, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what I will come upon thee. But he says there, I have a few names, even in Sardis, which has not defiled their garments. He expects our garments to be white, which is the righteousness of the saints. Uh, and then he says, those will walk with me in white because they're worthy. This is tribulation, persecution that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Faith and charity abounding. That's your seraphim. Cherubim. It, that seraphim is an extension. Not four wings, but six wings. An extremity over five. Six wings. It's extremity over. It's charity abounding. Not just having charity, but charity abounding one toward another. Always looking to abound for every good work in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the seraphim. And that light goes up 
and the Holy Ghost, they're that fire of the Holy Ghost. The devil can't touch you. The devil has nothing in Jesus. And when you have that fire going, that devil cannot touch you. Why? Because of the holy fire, that flame around you. He said, he that overcometh the saints shall be clothed in white. There's that overcomer. He gives you that promise. He gives you that, that faith, these things. And he's going to the seven churches. These things, saith. These things are the things of faith that was once delivered to the saints. Then he says, you do it. Him that overcometh, the saints shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Oh, well, I didn't think you could have your name blotted out. Oh, yes, you can. Hebrews 6, because you did not do the will of God and you sinned willfully, then you crucify fresh again the Son of God. Never made no room for repentance. Just as Esau sought it carefully with tears and repentance and could not find repentance. There, oh, oh, what a shame. Blot out your name out of the book, and I will confess his name before my father. Somebody said, well, if he's a father, why is he saying that? Because he, in the days of his flesh, and we're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, he have, we have a place prepared for us in heaven where we sit together in heavenly places. That is what he wrought to usward, what he did for us when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now, Jesus overcame and has sat down, S-E-T, down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. But this means for us, our, our obedience to the Holy Ghost. Jesus has already made the way. All we have to do is walk and obey his Spirit. There, if we do, we will not be blotted out of the book of life. Then, he goes to Philadelphia. These things saith he that is holy. There's these things again. That is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And he tells what they are. What are the things that we need to hear, Lord? I know your works. I have set before you an open door. Paul said, there's an open door open to me, wide and effectual many adversaries. Here's an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. You know what those are? Those are one God, Jesus only people that will not deny the name of Jehovah's salvation, Jesus. The name of the Son of God, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. They know the name of the Father is Jesus. They know they will not deny that name. And he said, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. They've been fighting, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. You know, sometimes because iniquity was bound, the love of many waxed cold. You say, well, look at all them. They're abounding, and they're working iniquity. They're not following the Holy Ghost. They don't have a cross in their life. And because iniquity abound, then the love of many waxes cold. They say, well, what, why serve God? Well, he says now, because those Jews say they are Jews and not, but they lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet. Not worship you, but worship before your feet. Why? To make them know that I've loved you. God said, I'm going to show them that I've loved you. And they're wrong. Simply because they thought they all together were one like me. Yet God said in that day, I'll rise up and reprove them. Because in works they deny him. In tongue they say they know him. But in truth they deny him. In works they deny him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I tell you? Now he goes on and says that if you do these things, he says... Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. 
And I, he will go out no more, and I will write upon him the name of my God. That's a higher level of glory. And the name of the city of my God, which is the New Jerusalem. You've made it. Your kings and priests of the Lord, your God. And you will reign and rule with him a thousand years in the earth. I'll write upon him my new name. What's that new name? It's his new name. Jesus, a revelation that they will have up on their, and that, that is the overcomer, him that overcometh. Those are not little children. Those are not the ones that have the Holy Ghost that have not gone on and obeyed and crucified the flesh with the affection left and do the will of God. That is imperative, essential to know. Then he says, Laodicea, these things, saith he, amen. There's these things again. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints to showing their servants <clears throat> things which must surely come to pass. <clears throat> these things are the things of faith. He said, these things, saith the amen, <clears throat> the faithful and the true witness. The witness of God. Well, what are the two witnesses? Well, the two servants of God, I give them power. The two witnesses. <clears throat> That's Jesus Christ, the Spirit, in come in the flesh, the body of Christ. Your two witnesses are Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, is one witness, witness, and the body of Christ is the other witness. And many, in the Coptic version, they'll say, uh, their dead body lie in the streets, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where our soul, our Lord, was crucified. And then that will suffer their dead body, singular, in the Coptic version. Why? Because they realize that that is but one body of Christ, Jesus manifest in and through them. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. <clears throat> and that Laodicea, these things, those are the things of faith. And he says there, I would you were hot or cold because you look on a spew out of a mouth, he counseled you to bind the gold. Try it in the fire. Get up to the seraphim. Get up to the cherubim. Burning hot fervor for God. You're not there because you're lukewarm. You serve God half-heartedly. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. But he says, if you'll do this, the him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Sit, S-I-T, a place prepared for us. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a, a state of glory that he always has, is and always will be the Father of glory, God Almighty, set, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne. Not beside it, not around it, in it. Now, what's that revelation? <clears throat> what are these things? What is this sealing? That seal of the servants of God in their forehead. It's those of fathers. There's still a higher glory to achieve and obtain. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. That is the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. What is that? That's a proceeding word. Well, how did we get it? He just gave it to us. I haven't found your works perfect. He expects perfect works. If you don't, 
He said, I'm going to come as a thief in the night, Sardius. You better get rid of those false prophets in that church. I'm going to throw you in a better, great affliction, great tribulation, if you don't repent and get rid of that woman Jezebel. If you don't get out of that formal uh, formalism and that mechanical worship emphasis and repent and do your first works over. All of these things are the word, proceeding word of God, for the present truth for an overcomer. Not a little child, but for the overcomer. And him or cometh is what you're going to get. But there's one more step, one more higher level of glory. And what is that? That is that of the fathers. This is the reason why John said in 1 John 2, 12-14, I write unto you fathers, because you've known him this from the beginning. You know this word. You're walking in the present truth. You have not Pentecost or Pentecostal. You've gone on to tabernaculus. You've gone on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, and a faith toward God and doctrine of baptisms and a laying on of hands and of the resurrection and eternal judgment. And this will you do. We do if God permit. Let us go on to perfection. Hebrews 6. That's what he's talking about. He expects these works to be perfect, service. He expects the Laodiceans to be hot. Cherubim, seraphim, hot. And charity abounding, not just an extremity of charity. It's the touch of the hem of Jesus' garment. It's the extremity. It's the pinnacle. It's the edge or extremity of charity. Uh, another thing beyond the five fingers. If I lift my hand up to heaven, lift what my wet my glittering sword, my hand, take hold on judgment. The Lord God, saying there in Revelation 4, here is the vision of heaven. God of the God to his throne. What do you see? I see four, 24 seats. 24 seats. That's where the 24 elders set. Those are the seats where you set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 24 is the number of the priesthood. 24 orders of the priesthood. Then he says, take a look in Revelation 4 and there, Revelation 4, verse 6, and before the throne, there was a sea of glass likened to crystal. Those are the knowledges of God. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. They're caught up to God and to that throne. Those are four beasts full of eyes before and behind. The eyes are the eyes of Revelation. As a scribe that is versed in the kingdom of God, pulling out of his treasures things both old and new, before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, second beast as a calf, third as a man, and the fourth, not an eagle, but a flying eagle. It's now taken flight. And we find who are these? And we find that they have six wings. Not four wings, as what they started out in Ezekiel 1, but in Isaiah 6, six wings. Two that cover the eyes, two that cover the feet. Not of there. They've ceased of their own labors. They're not, they're, they're not going in their own way. Uh, they're, they're not looking uh, to their own ways. They're not walking in their own way. They've ceased from their own labors. They're covering their eyes. They cover their feet. 
with two wings that cover their eyes, two wings that cover the feet. With two wings, they did fly. It's 100% in the Holy Ghost. Not in any of what they think or what they see. There, they're being led of the Holy Ghost, seeing things uh, that are eternal, the things which are not seen. That's the reason their eyes are covered. They're seeing things uh, which are not seen, feet covered. They're going to a place that's never been the, uh, before, not on their own, but in led of the Holy Ghost. And two, they did fly. There they are, six wings round about them. That's the extremity, the extremity of charity abounding one toward another. They're full of eyes within and without. Why is that? That's Revelation, the revelation of Jesus. Notice in Revelation 5, these four and 20 elders and four beasts, the living creatures, the Zoe of Revelation 5, 8, they took the book, the, when he had, had taken the book, they took the right hand of the book of him that sits on that throne. As Jesus Christ. And they, when he had taken the book, the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps. Well, somebody said, well, Jesus took that? Yeah. Well, how can he be on the throne and he takes the book? Well, then why is Jesus Christ come in the flesh? What do you confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh? Who is the body of the Christ? When he took the book out of the right hand, who is this? John. Who opened the seals of that book? Jesus did. Who's going to preach it? The four beasts. The four living creatures saying, come and see. So it speaks of the body of Christ literally coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. And uh, it says there, those seven horns, the lamb has been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. That's the branch in Zechariah 3 that has a stone with seven eyes. And this is a memorial. What is that? Joshua, before the Lord. Joshua, Jesus, those that are called by his name. Satan there to hinder him to stop. And the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Isn't this a cherubim of glory coming out of a fire enfolding itself, the color of amber? Isn't this a cherubim of glory that having the appearance of a man? Before we are seeing that those two colossal cherubim of glory, First King six twenty three, made of an olive tree overlaid with gold, are nothing but appearances of a man. They have their four faces, but the four faces are indicative of uh, the glory. The lion is the king of all beasts. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Jesus. That's the reason why he set cherubim at the east end of the garden of God in Genesis 3 after the fall of Adam. He set cherubim, capital C, at the east end of the garden of God. There to keep the way of the tree of life and a flaming sword turning ever which way. The sword we know is the word of God. We know the cherubim is uh, that glory of a lion, man, ox, and eagle. That's the reason we have the four faces of Jesus. There's four horns that frayed the earth, tore it up, destroyed it. But there's four carpenters that build it back. The four carpenters, Jesus is that carpenter. He is the master builder. There we have the lion of the tribe of Judah in Matthew. 
We have the perfect man in Mark. We have the suffering servant, the ox, in Luke. And we have that eagle in John, capital C, Jesus. He is that glory set at the east end of the garden of God and depicted by that capital C cherubim speaks of the glory of God. There in Ezekiel 1 and 10, now we have little C cherubim coming out of that fire and folding itself. They see visions of God. Ezekiel saw visions of God by the river Kibar. And it was a fire enfolding itself and a brightness was about it. And it came out of there four living creatures. And the fire burned as amber, the hottest fire there is. And they all had the appearance of a singular man. One man. There he calls it the appearance of a man and we have the same exact faces. And they four had their four faces. The face of a lion, face of a man, face of an ox, and face of an eagle. But their feet burned, feet were as burnished brass as a calf's foot burnished or sharpened brass judgment. And it shined. Well, that's the reason we have a lion, calf, man, and eagle in Revelation 4. Who are these? He says here, this is four and 20 elders and the four beasts. The seven spirits of God sent forth there. We find that Joshua is a brand plucked out of that fire. He is that cherubim. He is that fire plucked out of a fire. That brand plucked out of fire. That brand's a seal. Would be branded, smeared, covered with the Holy Ghost. Plucked out of the fire. And these, Joshua, and the men and his fellows are men wondered at. Men of wonders that God will use in the last days as, uh, as witnesses unto him that will cover the whole world. With this gospel being preached in all the world for witness to all nations, and then the end will come. But we have to believe the higher glory, not a Pentecostal word, but a tabernacle word. I'm going to write upon him the new Jerusalem, the, my new name, a white stone, where he that receives it, a name in that white stone, not only he knows that receives it, I'll write upon him my new name. And the whole body in heaven and earth is named that name Jesus. These have a higher glory. Well, that, that Joshua, they said he bring forth a stone that has seven eyes. There in Zechariah 3. We're seeing the same thing here in Revelation 5 in the throne room revelation. Which according to the ABC theory is the Hach. It's the fifth letter. Meaning the Spirit of God. But when he had taken the book, he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Who's at the right hand of God? The body of Christ. Who's doing the work? Jesus is. Who's he? Jesus Christ is now manifesting and through this earth there remain in heaven there's three that bear record. Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. There's three that bear witness in the earth. Spirit, water, and the blood. Spirit, water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. 
Now Jesus Christ is come to flesh. Now we're the ambassadors. We're the light of the world. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having over one of them harps. That harp is not just beating out a ten-string instrument as David, but are in one harmony, one spirit, one song of the heart beat with the things of heaven and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song. This is a, not a Shurikah Hadash, a song of Moses. It is a song of the redeemed. Who sings it? The four and twenty elders and the four living creatures, the four beasts, the lion, calf, man, and eagle sing what? The song of the redeemed. Why? Because these are not, these are not angels. It speaks of the glory that the body of Christ has come into in the burning, fiery, literal fervor of the seraph. Uh, means a burning heat one, a brilliance of fire, a seraphim. Six wings. That's Elohim status, not a capital E, a little E, not a capital C, cherubim, but a little C. We in the image of God in the image of Christ and to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, doing His will, not our will, His will. Now, he says, you have redeemed us by your blood, the four and twenty elders, and the four beasts, which your commentators tell you are angels, which are not. They are men in the church that have grown from babies to little children, little children to overcomers. They are the four and twenty elders, the priests, and they are the four beasts, the king priesthood there. And it tells you who they are right next verse, verse 10, Revelation 5, verse 10, and hath made us, who? The four and twenty elders and the four beasts made us what? Made us unto our God kings and priests. The four and twenty elders are the priesthood. Who then, who are the kings that? They're the, they're the, uh, the living creatures, the zoe, the bees, the lion, calf, man, and eagle. You have made us kings and priests. And what What are we going to do? We shall reign on the earth. What? With the Lord a thousand years. And it says that. We're going, this is a millennial reign for 1,000 years. And then we say it in Revelation 20. Now, we come to Revelation 6. Revelation 6 is going to talk about and when the Lamb opened one of the seals, we can't open that seal. This is sealed by the Holy Ghost. But it's revealed to us. The Lamb opens the seal, and then the beast, we, the king priesthood, say, heard is one of the noise, and the four beasts saying, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. We're preaching the everlasting gospel there to the ones that have obtained that statue of fathers. But we've got to have that seal of Revelation 7 to do it, which is the mind of Christ. We'll see the second seal. And the second beast says, come and see. The second beast is preaching it. Come and see. Jesus opens the seal. We obey. The seal is opening the book. We are the ones that have, have ate it all and proclaiming it. Now, let's see what those are. We see there in Revelation 7, he says, after these things, now another higher level of glory, after these things, after these things, what things? 
when these things are delivered to you, after you have received the word of God, these things saith the amen, these things saith the son of God, and after these things, after you've received them, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree that is on the earth, sea, or tree. Don't hurt them. And I saw another angel ascending from the east. This is what God spoke to me right there in with our ministry. The word of the Lord came to me in Transmera, Kenya, Africa, after preaching to a Messiah trial church. After about four hours there, coming about two in the afternoon, jumping a bar ditch, going all across the road. And the Lord, the word of the Lord said, seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. That's the word, not not a a certain ministry or a certain church denomination. It's the word being sent. And he said, this angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. That seal is God. It's not any one person. Somebody said, you believe my word, whatever. I'm the one. No. It is the seal of God. The seal of the living God is that living truth that these things are the true sayings and the word of God. Revelation 19.9. Then he sees this man. Revelation 19.10. And he talks about the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. There it is. It's these things. Then he said, uh, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, until we have sealed that sign. I signified it to him by my angel unto John. John got that. John has it now imparting it to us. Thus, these things, uh, these things saith the amen. These things saith the Son of God. These things saith uh, the first and the last that hath the spirit, seven spirits of God. These things, those are the things of faith. And he heard the number of them that were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of Israel. He changes the order of the tribes. Now, we'll get into that in another podcast and what the sealing there is. In Exodus 28, we're going to see that he is going to have a king priesthood, and then that priest is going to have, the priest himself is going to have garments of glory and beauty. The garments of glory and beauty there will have three different etchings, three different engravings, three different sealings of a signet, of a sign, a loftal. Three signs. Sign is a seal. The first one will be for the priesthood, for the high priest. The first one will be what we're called for. The 420 elders, which is significant of the church, being coming to the priesthood. Four beasts being the cherubim, the seraphim that have charity, reach that charity level, that, that fervency for God. And that fervency of God, the fire flame goes up. It doesn't go down, it goes up. Up into the throne room of God, the fire of God. And that's what burns up the works of Satan. Not us, but the Holy Ghost himself. And here, it's at the, the Exodus 28, we're finding those three different sealings. The first one is according to birth. An onyx stone on one, uh, 
shoulder and another onyx stone on the other shoulder, having the seal of an engraving of an engraver, an engraving of a signet, a sign, a loftop, that's your seal, according to the birth. It's not going to be Judah first. It's going to be Reuben. And it's going to be according to the time that they were birthed. But then there's going to be another engraving of an engraver. The first one is birth. Then it goes to the breastplate of righteousness. There's going to be different stones, different different works and ministration, ministrations upon the heart of that high priest. And then it's going to be Urim and Tumim. Urim, fire, and Tumim, perfections. Not just one going from perfection after that, uh, then going to another higher level of glory, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Well, that breastplate of judgment, now we see it is an engraving of an engraver, an engraving of a signet sign, a loftav, that is sinusigen, E-T, a loftav, that is Psalm 119, from the aloft to the tav, unto perfection. And that will be according to the will of God, according to the tribes. And he changes the order there. So it doesn't start with Reuben. And we're going to find it's according to the battle or the tribes, according to Numbers 10. And he starts on that, uh, the stone there, uh, Exodus uh, 28, and the stones that he he uh, starts moving on. And that's uh, uh, that Sardis stone, and then he's going to start with Judah. And Judah, then it's going to go to the next stone, and all these are going to be engravings. An engraving is, if you have something engraved, I have you engraved in the palms of my hand, the Lord said. A woman can forget her suckling child, but I haven't forgotten you. I have you engraving. These are engravings. These are signs. These are seals. These are literally the seal of the Holy Ghost. And you'll, you'll see that first one is a sardius stone. That has the name of Judah on it, according to the order of the tribes. The next stone is that first row will be a topaz and a carbuncle. It goes Judah is a car Zebulun. But the standard over that, the standard there on the east of the people of God going through the wilderness, the tabernacle of Moses going in the center, the very heartbeat, will be the eastward, which is Judah, and that will be lion. It'll have a standard of a lion, and we'll see we'll see under that sardius, and the and the and the topaz and a carbuncle. It will be Judah is a car Zebulun, Judah to praise God, to celebrate Him, and then is a car my heart, my reward, my buckler, my shield, Zebulun. I'll dwell in God, and God will dwell in me forever. Then you go to your next row. Second row is an emerald. Anytime you see an emerald in the Word of God, it's going to show you that is Reuben. See you a son. The, the standard over that is a man. A man is that standard. Then a sapphire. When you see he's above the sapphire stone, sapphire has a name written Simeon. That's to hear, to understand the Word of God, to have the hearing of it. And then the last one, a diamond. Gad. So Reuben, Simeon, Gad. But all of it under the standard of Reuben, which is a man. There's your lion, 
Judah, Man, Reuben. They're your, they're your cherubim also. It speaks of the whole body of Christ. Then we go to the third row. We're going to see a ligure there and an agate and an amethyst, the dreamstone. The ligure. The ligure is going to have Ephraim, double fruit. It will be Joseph's son, Manasseh the firstborn, Ephraim the second. But in the Jacob, given the, the, uh, uh, the, the blessings of the tribe, we'll put Ephraim before Manasseh. And Ephraim there will be under the standard of an ox. So there's a line, man, westward, westward, the ox, and that is Ephraim with second under the agate uh, Manasseh. And that is Ephraim, double fruit, Manasseh, crucified the world, world crucified unto me. And then uh, you've got the, the amethyst, which is Benoni, that is son of my sorrow, son of my suffering, son of my my birth pangs, to Rachel, but to Jacob when Rachel died, he called Benoni, Jacob called him Benjamin, son of my right hand. Then you have that last row, a barrel stone. It has Dan written on it. There was a serpent there at first under standard. Then it was changed to an eagle. And that's where we have the lion, man, ox, and eagle, which are the cherubim of glory with their four faces, which is the small sea now of the tribes going through the wilderness. Now, we're all with pilgrims and strangers going through this wilderness. We're just pilgrims and strangers to this world. We're looking for that city whose builder and maker is God. Here we have no continuing city. So now that is Dan, Judge, then we go to that uh, uh, onyx, which is uh, Asher. Blessed, fortunate are you. Asher, A-S-H-E-R. And then finally the jasper, which is my wrestlings of the cross. And that's all under the heading of the eagle. So we start from the eastward. That is the line of the tribe of Judah. That is Judah. Then we go to Reuben, standard there, Reuben City and Gad, that's under the standard of a man, southward. Then we go to the ox, Ephraim, westward. And then north we have the flying eagle. And that is east, south, and it goes clockwise. Now we're going to find that in the Millennial Temple. It's going to go counter. And it's going to be the sons uh, there of uh, not only uh, Rachel and Leah, but Zelpha and Zilla, there of the handmaids there. And that's the reason why, because it's promised to the tribes that millennial reign for the father's sake, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. We'll get into that later. And the order of the tribes now, we have that according to the overcomer, doing the will of God, those overcomers, doing the will of God, that is an engraving of an engraver of a signet, an engraving of a signet. It went from birth on the shoulders now to the heart. That's an engraving of a signet. That is according to the work, the will of God. And we're going to go one more, and it'll be upon the mitre, upon the forehead of the high priest, which will be holiness unto the Lord. The holiness unto the Lord is the sealing of God in their foreheads. 
we find the same type in the in the New Testament, the antitype there, being the children of God. Yeah, writing you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, according to the birth, and you've known the Father. Now, according to the will of God, doing the will of God are the overcomers. And he says, now I look for your works to be perfect, him that overcometh. And the overcomer is faith with your works. And that is the overcomer. Him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. He as I overcame, came and have sat down with my father in his throne. All this promise to the over, overcomers that have obeyed obedience unto righteousness. But there's one more. And that is fathers. I write to you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. That is, as in Exodus 28, the final garments of glory and beauty for the priesthood is sealed the servants of God in their forehead and they heard the number of them that were sealed 144,000 these are the ones that come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and have the mind of Christ let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus and 1 Peter 4 1 tells us for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh be it therefore likewise minded there's the mind of Christ for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now there's going to be a different order from that of the works and the overcomer. And we're going to see that in Revelation 7. The first one we're going to see there in the heard the number of them that were sealed. We're not starting uh, there as the birth according to the birth because this is now according to the fathers. It's a different order of the tribes. The reason why is a higher glory. I heard the number of them that were sealed, 144,000, or MD, 100, or M40, D4, spiritual number, 1,000, perfection, perfected glory. 1,000 is perfected glory in the Word of God. Song 8, the Song of Solomon, Canticles 8. Solomon hath a vineyard in Baal Haman. Solomon, you must have 1,000, perfected glory. Speaking of uh, not the time of Saul before the Lord came in flesh, but the key of David, when he uh, there is, is come, is the seed of David. And then Solomon speak coming into that millennial reign, the glory that will be in that millennial kingdom of Jesus. And that Solomon, you must have a thousand perfected glory. All the keepers of the vineyard, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, 200. 200 for the apostle, 200 for the prophet, 200 for the evangelist, 200 for the pastor and teacher, brings forth 1,000 and perfection. Thou hast a vineyard in Baal Haman, possessor of a multitude. Are the keepers of the vineyard 200? Solomon, you must have 1,000. 1,000 is perfected glory. Here we have that perfected glory in the sealing of the fathers in their foreheads. The servants of our God in their foreheads, not little children, not overcomers, but a higher glory, knowing him that's from the beginning, knowing the work, the spirit of prophecy for the what? Knowing the words of the book of this prophecy. These are the true sayings of God. These will be the ones that preach this everlasting gospel for all the world to a witness in all nations. And we're going to see the works that will be manifest in and through this body of Christ in these cherubim, in these four and twenty elders, in this two servants of God, in this John that will take this little book and eat all of it. The seven thunders are going to utter their voices. 
John was about to write, and he said, See, thou write it not. Now, go take the book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. Not part of it, all of it. Eat all of that book. It's going to be sweet to your mouth as honey. Why? Because everyone left in the land, the remnant of her seed, that keep the commandments of God, will eat butter and honey. Shall everyone eat that is left in the land? Butter is the fatness of the word, and honey is the is the sweetness of the word of God. And it opens the light. It opens the eyes. There's this reason Saul put forth his uh, Jonathan, son of Saul, King Saul in Israel, before David took the throne, put his sword in the honey and ate it, even though his father had called for a fast. And it was it opened his eyes. His eyes were open. That's revelation. Well, here, the beasts have eyes open within them. That's faith. Knowing these things that have come up on the earth to try the earth. And it sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. RMD, R100, M40, D4, a spiritual work of the Holy Ghost, RMD, 12 squared, that is 144,000 perfected glory. And the first one that he sealed, seals, I heard the number of the seal of 144,000. Those are the ones that have come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ having the seal in their foreheads, the mind of Christ. Of the tribe of Judah was sealed uh, 12,000. 12, the perfect government of God, 1,000 perfected glory. This is the perfect government of God going forth in the earth, making the 144,000 having their father's name written in their forehead, that new name. Notice here, it starts with Judah, same as it did before. But now, Reuben, which was the, the first one on the second row in the breastplate of judgment, is now right behind Judah. Reuben, see your son. And behind him, Gad. Why? Because Gad, a troop will overtake him at the first, but he will overcome in the end. Now, on the next podcast, we will get into the oath to the tribes. What shall befall thy people in the last days? The oath to the tribes will be the song of Moses and Jacob prophesying what will befall thy people in the last days, Genesis 49. We will see an order to the tribes there during the tribulation, during the great tribulation. We will see the order that Moses gives us in the Song of Moses. But then we will see this final sealing and the order that is given by John in the book of the Revelation through the Holy Ghost to us and why the order has changed. He does not go Judah as a car Zebulun now. It goes Judah. Then it goes to Reuben. See your son Gad a troop cometh. Then on the next one, it will be Asher. Blessed and fortunate are you. Then Naphtali, because of the cross of Manasseh, crucified the world, the world crucified unto you. Then of the tribe of Simeon, they hear and understand. We're sealed of that tribe of Levi. Now gathered together in one, to bring together in one, to gather. We're going to find Joseph in there because as a unicorn, he pushes the nations together. They gather together in one. The mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. Here we see it. 
in the working of it in the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4. And the tribe of Levi gathered to one 12,000 and of the tribe of Issachar, my heart, my reward, my buckler, my shield. And the final row, Zebulun. There, uh, that I dwell in God and God dwells in me. The first of that row. Then of the tribe of Joseph. Well, his strength of a unicorn. With that, he has a strength of unicorn and gathers the nations together in one. And find, finally, Benjamin, son of my right hand. We will see the orders of the tribes, what that means, uh, why Ephraim and Dan are dropped, and why we have Levi and Joseph added into this order of the tribes. Uh, and then a, a, a multitude that no man could number that those that have came out of great tribulation washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Neighbor, the time is now. These things are the true sayings of God. He's bringing forth the body of Christ unto perfection, unto the measure of the statue of Jesus. Tune into these podcasts, Sealing God's People. We will go into the order of the tribes and it will break down what is God's treasure. You know, in Christ are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We will get into that revelation of Christ and Deuteronomy 32 and 33 in the Song of Moses and why only those that will sing the Song of the Moses will have the true revelation of Christ. Don't miss out. Join us in these podcasts sealing God's people. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.